Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, June 25th, 2022. Well, growing up in the Blakey household, uh, one of my mom's favorite films was the old musical Singing in the Rain. Uh, So that would often come up on movie nights in our house. And if you've never seen the movie, you still might be familiar with that iconic scene where Gene Kelly is walking down the lane as the rain comes down and he sings and dances in the rain. And obviously, the juxtaposition there is you don't think of singing in the rain, right? Rain is is not the ideal time to be out singing. But what's going on with him? Well, he's in that film, he's actually got some good circumstances. Sure, it's raining, but he's got a a developing romantic relationship uh, with this woman that he cares for. He's got a plan to uh, save this movie that he's starring in. Things are looking up for him, so he's singing in the rain. But the question I want to ask is, how can we sing when, when things aren't looking up? When it's not just that it's raining outside, but there is pain in our hearts and we don't have some exciting relationship and we don't have some exciting business or career opportunity when our life is is painful uh, or even when we're experiencing persecution, how can we sing in the midst of that? Well, we're going to see an example of uh, two people we've been reading about singing in the pain today uh, because they are in a difficult situation, likely even uh, just in, in intense physical pain, yet they are singing praise to God. Let's look at our New Testament reading today, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And we want to Focus. There's a couple of things I want to point out uh, at the beginning and the end of this passage, but in the middle, it, it tells of Paul and Silas in prison. And the context is that the chapter tells the story. They they received this call to go to Macedonia. Uh, so far, their ministry has largely centered on an area that would be in modern day Turkey, but now they get a call to go over to what now would be uh, mostly modern day Greece. Uh, and they go uh, you know, across the sea there and they come to the city of Philippi in the district of Macedonia. And they um, proclaim the gospel to these people that are gathered together for, for prayer. And the first uh, baptism in Europe that we know of happens uh, with with Lydia. And then they uh, cast out this demon from this girl, but uh, that causes the problems because through that uh, spirit, she would do fortune telling. She would make a lot of money. So then they are dragged before the courts. They are beaten. Uh, they are mistreated. And then they are thrown in jail. And you see in verse 23, uh, they had inflicted many blows upon them. So they had been beaten, right? That's painful. And then they're thrown into prison and he puts them in the inner prison and fastens their feet 
in the stocks, right? right? You, you probably see pictures of that where, you know, your, your feet are uh, fastened in this thing. So you, you can't move your legs. I mean, just imagine what that's going to feel like after a few hours. Uh, that on top of already being beaten, you, you, they are likely in in t- intense physical suffering here. But what's happening? Well, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And so as you consider that, how in the world could they have done that? How in the world in that moment could they be singing songs of praise to God when they are in intense physical pain, when they are uh, in a situation where they have not been treated fairly, they have not been treated rightly. Um, how can they do that? Well, a couple things from the text, and then just as we think through Scripture, uh, right? One thing we see is they were praying. Uh, they were clearly in that moment taking refuge in God. They they weren't just sitting there bemoaning their circumstances. They they weren't focused on the circumstances. They weren't just sitting there bemoaning their unfair, unjust treatment. They were going to God and seeking his help. And that's an important thing for us. When we find ourselves in a painful situation, we can stew on the pain. We can brood about the unfairness of the situation, or we can go to God in prayer and we can lift those things up to him. And prayer, I think, implies just a trusting attitude, leaning on God, trusting in him. Uh, And that's what we see them doing. Also, I think you'll note that it is two of them. And I do think in times of pain, it can be helpful to uh, have a brother or have a sister uh, that is uh, in the trial with you, that that you can rely on, that you can encourage each other with this truth. Uh, And if you, uh, I think, I would hope if you are listening to this, you've got at least somebody that you feel like if you're in pain, you could reach out to, you could share that pain uh, with. And if you don't feel that way, get involved in a local church. And even if you feel like, yeah, I don't have anyone, make an appointment with your pastor to share the pain with him. Let him help you uh, through that pain or help connect you with others that that can. Uh, we need we need partners in our pain. And that's another thing that I think we see there. But also there's a purpose in there. Uh, in their suffering, right? And it mentions there that the prisoners were listening to them. And what we're going to see, you, if you've read through the Bible, you you know this story. And even if you haven't, this is a, a famous story where the jailer ends up getting converted to Christ. And, and the, the witness that they have is a powerful thing. Uh, and that's where we need to realize our reaction in pain, our reaction in trials can be an amazing witness for others. And, and that should be something that gives purpose to us and encourages us to, to, to praise and to sing in the pain, right? Because we know that's going to be uh, a valuable witness to others. Uh, Pastor Charlie Matz recently preached on this passage at one of our men's events at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. And he talked about how when we complain, when things are bad or things are unfair, the world gets that because that's what they do too. And when we rejoice and when we sing, when things are good, the world understands that too. 
But when we are treated unfairly, when when circumstances are not good, and we respond with joy and rejoicing, the world doesn't understand that. And that is going to create opportunities uh, to witness, opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So whatever pain uh, you might be going through, uh, may we seek the Lord and find joy, find a reason to sing, even in the midst of that, as we seek the Lord in prayer, and hopefully we have partners in that pain, but also remember the purpose uh, of even just shining a light to the world and what kind of witness that can be to those around us. Just a couple other interesting things to note in this passage. At the very beginning, uh, it talks about how Paul meets this man named Timothy, who we know really, especially from the letters, first and second Timothy, he goes on really to be Paul's disciple and protege. Uh, But what's interesting here is that Paul circumcises Timothy. And why is that interesting? Well, the chapter right before The whole point of chapter 15, we see, oh, no, we don't need to uh, circumcise these Gentile believers. And Timothy was uh, interesting because he was, uh, you know, half Jewish, but his father was Greek. And and then Paul is going to go on to write whole books of the Bible, Galatians, Romans, to remind us we are justified by faith not through uh, the act of circumcision. But it's interesting that he circumcises Timothy here, uh, even in light of all that. And there may be several reasons for that, but I think one is uh, Paul knew, you know, which which battles to fight and how to fight them, right? He didn't want this to be uh, something that would just be a constant distraction from the focus of their, their ministry. And so I found that to be very interesting. Also, you, you see at the end of the chapter, just this interesting juxtaposition when we think of rights. Um, I mean, back in the Roman Empire, even though it was not the United States of America, there was no constitution, the, the Roman citizens did have some level of rights. And you've got rights. Most of you listening to this, you're in the United States of America. You have rights as a citizen of the United States. How do those factor into our faith? Uh, well, what does that look like? And I find it very interesting that in Acts chapter 16, you see kind of an instance of Paul laying down his rights, but then also an instance of him uh, using and asserting his rights. Uh, you, you see, I mean, the jail gets opened by this earthquake, and we would look at it and say, Paul, you've got every right to go. Get out of there, right? You don't even deserve to be in there in the first place, and God has flung the doors open. God has rescued you. He's, he's loosed your chains. Get out of there. Well, Paul kind of lays down that right to, to flee the jail, and we see well, why. Well, for the sake of the jailer, to, for the sake of sharing the gospel uh, with him. Um, but then later when they are told, all right, you, you can leave, uh, Paul asserts his rights and says, no, we were beaten publicly and we're Roman citizens and that's not right. And if the magistrates want us to leave, they can come out and let us go themselves, right? Uh, so you see that interesting juxtaposition of kind of Paul laying down his rights versus later Paul asserting his rights. And that's where for Christians, it might be good for us to know that there, there's going to be a time for each of those things. And how do we know which is which? How do I know when it's time to lay down my rights? And how do I know when it's time to assert my rights? And I think what we see here is, well, one of our guiding principles should be what's the effect of others and what's, what's the opportunity for witness 
for the gospel of Jesus Christ. There will be times where laying down my rights will provide an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And that is something we should be eager to do. So just a couple different tidbits there from Acts chapter 16. Let's briefly uh, just look today at our Old Testament reading. Um, we, We look at 2 Samuel 17 today, as well as Psalms 58 and 61. And in 2 Samuel 17, you you see this uh, dueling council uh, as Absalom, uh, you know, takes control in Jerusalem. There's two guys that give him counsel, Ahithophel and Hushai. And Ahithophel says, hey, go get David right now. Go deal with him right now. I will kill him and all of Israel will come flocking to you, Absalom. Uh, And then Hushai says, no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. David right now, he uses very vivid imagery. He's like a bear robbed of her cubs, you know, and he's he's so skilled in war. He's hiding somewhere. And as soon as somebody dies in battle, everyone's going to flee from Absalom. He paints a different picture. Now, uh, Ahithophel's advice was actually better for Absalom. But the key comes in verse 14, where Absalom decides, I'm going to listen to Hushai. I'm going to wait instead of going after David right now. Well, why did that happen? It says there at the end of verse 14, for the Lord had ordained to defeat the counsel, the good counsel of Ahithophel so that the Lord might bring harm upon Absalom. It's a statement of the sovereignty of God. Even though Ahithophel was there giving superior counsel, God is the one who purposed that, oh no, Hushai, his advice will be listened to because God is in control and God is orchestrating the circumstances. So an important note of the sovereignty of God there. And then our Psalms today are, uh, you know, go along with this as you think about this Psalm 58 is very, an, an intense imprecatory Psalm. And if you're listening to this on Saturday, come to Compass Bible Church tonight or tomorrow morning, because we will reference this Psalm. And, and how can it be in the Bible that it would say something like the righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance, he will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. How in the world is that in the Bible? Well, we'll, we'll look a little bit at that, but uh, spoiler alert, I mean, really it comes down to there is a proper rejoicing in justice. And justice sometimes will involve the destruction and even the death of the wicked. Uh, but we'll talk more about that. And then Psalm 61, a great Psalm just of taking refuge in God and even connecting that with Acts chapter 16. How could they sing? Well, they maybe one of the hymns they were singing was from Psalm 61, right? Because it would be a great Psalm to sing in, in a hard time. And so let that be a Psalm that encourages you and fills your heart uh, with just joyful meditation in God today and whatever you're going through, whether it's sunshine, rain, or pain, may you be singing to the Lord and singing his praise in your heart today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.